0: It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at nine zero six600 And now, let's join the Upfront panel.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program for this Friday morning. I'm Roger Bouchard, but I am not going to be hosting the program. John Brian will be taking over as soon as we're... Uh, Finished with uh, Bob Martin and our real estate question. Mr. Breen, are you ready to, uh, are you prepared for today's program? I would
2: hope, uh, please. Ready, willing, and able, Mr. Bouchard.
1: Okay, he'll be taking over the microphones in just a few moments here on WNRI. But right now, we're going to uh, chat with uh, Mr. Robert Martin. Bob is the uh, owner broker of a company called Crossroads Real Estate Group at 329 Park Avenue in Winsocket. Also, Cumberland and Chepachet Village. Mr. Ramon, are you on our live line right now? I am, Roger. Good. We have a real estate question for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. It reads here, my wife and I have put an offer on a property at over-asking price. Now, we are putting down 50% down payment. We do not want to overpay and have made the offer subject to the property appraising at our offer price. The seller has told us that the amount is okay, but he wants us to remove the stipulation that the property appraise at our purchase price. Why would he do that? Is he getting, um, uh, shall we say, outside advice from other parties? Uh, How's this working? Well, you know, let's,
3: let's assume I was representing the seller. Uh, that, that would be something I would recommend. So what, what, what we're experiencing more and more now is, because of the shortage of, of homes, the rates, and, and this fever pitch that people are buying homes, many of them are um, asking over, offering over the asking price. When we price a home, we try to put it at what we feel is fair market and what we feel it will appraise for. Um, in this particular case, Maybe the best way to, to use an example. Let's assume the property was on for one hundred and sixty thousand dollars, and this gentleman offered two hundred thousand, and he says he's putting down fifty percent, which means he's going for a mortgage of a hundred thousand. Correct? Um, yes. So at this point, what he's saying is, I wanted to appraise for two hundred, or I don't really want to buy it unless you reduce the price what a lender's appraiser is going to think the house is worth. What the seller is saying is if you want the home and you're putting such a large down payment that the home could appraise for, let's say, as little as my asking price, which is 160, that's 80% value from a mortgage standpoint, and you still will be approved for a mortgage. So if you want this home and it doesn't appraise for 200, then I want you to, you've got enough money in the pot to make up the difference and still buy the house. What the buyer is saying is, yeah, I'm willing to pay more if it appraises for more. So the seller is, is now looking at, and he may have other offers saying, you know, and we, we would recommend that depending on what side we, we represent on the seller, saying, remove the contingency for an appraisal and just make it subject to you getting a mortgage because there's very little chance that you won't. Otherwise, the property will get tied up, and somewhere about a month down the road, it gets appraised. And if it comes in at 180, what this, this, this buyer is saying is, I will only want to pay 180. If the seller says, "Well, you know what, you know, you offered 200, I want my 200," it'll either fall apart or they begin to negotiate. So, the fact that there are so many homes that are being. Um, Offered or people are putting offers in above asking. We are more and more running into the fact that the properties are not appraising. If if you're putting short money down, like FHA or Island Housing, and you're putting a very small down payment, well, if it doesn't appraise, you're going to get denied under the mortgage anyway. But when you're putting a very large down payment, uh, chances are that you will approve, be approved anyway. So some, more and more sellers. If we've got the buy side, we're saying if you if you want to get in the game and you want this home and you're willing to pay, in this case example, two hundred thousand for it, do um, you want to stick to your guns because it very well may appraise for less than two hundred? And but do you want to commit to buy it anyway? Some say yes, some say no. The ones that say no, if there's another buyer in the works that says yes, I will waive it. They're generally getting you know that. Uh, they're getting it, and, you know, even if it's a little less money, the seller is thinking, I'll take a bird in the hand instead of tuna bush. So that's what's happening in this particular case, is, is the seller obviously is fearful that the house will not appraise at the higher offered amount, and he wants that price and wants the buyer to commit to buy it for that price, or he may not accept the offer, or you negotiate something in between. Um, where, you know, if with the market the way it is, um, and the, the so few homes um, there are all the things that are e- evolving such as waiving appraisals, waiving inspections uh, not making it subject to a mortgage um, that type of thing so more and more the conditions uh, that are put in the offer are having an effect almost equal to the offering price at this point you know, uh, so that's, we're living in a little bit of a new world in all my years in in real estate um uh, this is not a phenomenon but just it's a new development and i've never seen such a small inventory of homes and such a fee for pitch to purchase so it's supply and demand and the sellers right now are in the category
1: Adds a new meaning to the word to the phrase sellers market (laughs) (laughs)
4: absolutely
3: you
1: got it. thank you bob martin always a pleasure chatting with you and um I'll give, um, uh, you can uh, hang up, but I will give the uh, audience statistics on how to reach you. Thank you, Bob. Take care. Okay, right. Bob Martin, uh, you can reach him very easily. All you have to do is give him a call at 766-7545, extension 111. And his headquarters, 329 Park Avenue, in socket. All right, we have an advertisement. And then the next voice you'll be hearing is uh, that of John Brian. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us weekly for our prayer Bible study, Wednesday at 7, and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith. Find us at 91 Pine Swamp Road, across from the gift shop, where 114 and Diamond Hill Road become Pine Swamp. Road. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ inviting you to join us in the journey to salvation. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren, now in our fortieth year of ministry.
0: You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now let's get back to the panel.
2: And we are back to the panel here on the Upfront Radio Show. I am your host for the next 45 minutes. My name is John Brian, and I will be with you to discuss a whole myriad of issues on the city, state, and federal level. But, of course, it's about talking with you, and a talk show is only as good as its callers. so I want you to give me a call this morning, because we're going to have a a, a topic this morning that's going to range across all, a theme that will range across all the topics, and it's, how do you feel, and how do you feel about, Dot dot dot. So I'm going to read off a number of topics and I want to know how you feel about those topics. I want to know what you think about those topics and whether or not these things will just drive you purely insane. So you got to give me a call at 766-1380-769-0600 or of course toll free out of state 1-800-949-9674. You can also email me up front at wnri.com this morning and and we will uh, read your email on the radio. So where do we start? Let's start in the city. Let's start with uh, something that happened this week. There was a uh, there was a, a a march this week and I'll call it a march rather than a parade. And it was a more of a protest march than anything else. There was supposed to be a parade regarding Pride, because June was Pride Month, and it was Pride Month in the city of Woonsocket, and the flag was flown. Uh, and I don't even know, I haven't even noticed if the flag has been taken down at Market Square. But I know for the month of June, the Pride flag was flown at Market Square, and there was a, a, a supposed to be a Pride uh, rally, an event about Pride, and having Pride, and having it be an uplifting event. And, uh, well, I think it was anything but. I think it was, it became a politically charged protest here in the city. Uh, It became uh, a protest against uh, the mayor, who um, it's obvious that I'm, you know, not a big fan. But it became a protest, a pride parade became a protest against the administration. The pride parade became a protest by Black Lives Matter. And there was a gentleman named Harrison Tuttle who was here, and he is the head of the Black Lives Matter Political Action Committee here in the state. And Black Lives Matter was here with the Pride March and, and, you know, basically leading the the way. It was in front of the... uh, the the entire group of people marching down the street was a Black Lives Matter flag. And I guess the question for me is, what the heck does Black Lives Matter have to do with pride? And, of course, this is all uh, organized by Mr. Alex Kithis. And Mr. Alex Kithis, of course, uh, he being of a toxic leftist uh, individual, turned this into a bullhorn political rally um, you know, negative event. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who say, oh, it was uplifting, it was this, it was that. Right. Pride celebrations are supposed to be about having pride, celebrating, and have it be unpolitical. And it was very political, just as it was last year at the flag raising. Um, and it really is disappointing. And I know it's disappointing to many of the people in the gay community who I'm friends with and who spoke with me about this and said, how can this happen yet again? And so, I mean, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about this rally, which is supposed to be this march, which is supposed to be a good thing, is supposed to be something about pride and, and lifting each other up devolves into a Black Lives Matter protest. I really think it's sad. And I think it does not do justice to the gay community at all. Good morning and welcome to the Front Show.
5: Thank you, sir. I'm going to be very brief. Once again, we see how a slogan is used for something opposite of what it really is. First of all, <clears throat> Black Lives Matter. I'm going to repeat this. Marxist organization which means they want to overthrow the government, period. Wake up, people. Number two, um, the LGBT and the rest of the letters community, that has become an effort to radicalize children. So the two things are people are not prejudiced. Most people are not prejudiced against gay people or even a transgender, and most people, I say most because I'm sure there are people who ha- who harbor those feelings, but there is not rampant um, uh, racial discrimination or gender discrimination in this area. <clears throat> so they use this these things, and that to me is why I have such um, fear I'm fearful of these groups that they will somehow um, make people think that they really care. Now, interestingly, Mr. Brian, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but former Mayor Jack Cummings had as his slogan one time the word pride. And it was to have pride in one socket. And my, I have a quick question for you before I hang up. Yes, ma'am. Or anybody else. Um, where do you think the most uh, effective way is for citizens or political figures to act? Is it on the local level? Is it at the state legislature level? Or is it at the Cicilline um, White House level? That's what I want to call it now. Okay. Thank you,
2: Mr. Breed. You're very welcome. You have a good day. How do you effectuate change? Great question. I agree with everything she said. How do you effectuate change in and around your area? Well, you have to start. You have to start by becoming engaged. You have to start by opening your eyes and realizing that the evening news is not the truth and it's not what you're being told what they want you to know not what you should know and you need to look at multiple sources you need to look at multiple views through multiple lenses of how reporting is being done and how reporting is slanted all the time and then you have to look at the what are the motives of the people that are currently running Uh, for political office and and what are they doing in office and why are they there? Are they there for themselves? Are they there for a mission? Are they there for uh, a cause such as Black Lives Matter and things like that? And then you have to decide to yourself, are you willing to get into the arena? And the best way to do that is to start on the local level. Run for mayor if you want to make a change. Run for city council. Run for school committee. And that's where you start. And if you see what's happening, and we're going to talk about the General Assembly in a little while. If you see what's happening to the General Assembly, and the madness, the insanity that is ensuing in the Rhode Island General Assembly, because the progressive wing of the Democrat Party is literally taking over, then do something about it. Run. It's not easy to run. It's hard, but you can do it. You can run because you believe that you can do a better job. And that you have values and you have morals of the community in which you are a part. So do it. I would say that on the federal level, the, the congressional level, um, that's a shell game. That is, you can always try, but the machine, the money, the nonsense. Uh, it, it, I I personally would never want to go to the swamp and be with those sewer rats. Because I think to try to get there means the selling of your soul. And that's not a price I'm willing to pay. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Yeah, good morning, Josh. Good morning.
4: This, this whole thing with the... Uh... Uh, I guess, you know, with the, with the pride flag and also uh, I like to call it the infiltration of, of, of a so-called
2: pride event by the Black Lives Matter. That's where the problems lie. That's a good word. That's a good word for it, the infiltration, because how? what What does one have to do with the other? Nothing.
4: Like I said, I get a discussion with a friend of mine and, and, and the fact is it come to a and says, you know, he's got a Black Lives Matter sign on his yard. And I, then I told him point blank, says, you know, you're, you're not you know, says, you're not black and you don't matter. And this nonsense, You what you want is you want to be a communist, uh, a communist, that's what you are. And you want to cause chaos, and you want to defund the police and all this other stuff. And you know something? If something happens to your family, the first persons you're going to call are cops to protect you. Protect you. But yet you're you proposing, you know, send a social worker to, the, to an event like that. And so, it's all a long time. I'm just... I am just, the
2: older I get done, the more disgusted I've become. Well, it's, 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 you know, you were there, so you know what it was like in the room to have differences of opinion and try to come to some level of consensus. There is no more consensus. It's all or nothing. and it's, And the all is a very slippery slope and a very dangerous place for us to be right now. And the idea that we're, you know, people in this state, are making decisions in the general assembly and these are the people who believe who literally believe that we should be defunding and abolishing the police that believe that we should stop all sources of fossil fuel who believe that we should I mean it just goes on and on that that we should that we should have a carbon neutral state by 2030, if you can imagine that. The same people who who say that our, we need to spend more of your tax dollars on social services in this state. Of which we, such a large part of our budget is on social services. I mean, it's insanity. And, and, and unless and until people stop saying, well, that General Assembly, they're a real problem down there. But I like my guy or I like my girl. Like Until people stop thinking that way. Until people say, you know what? This is nonsense, and I can do better. Then we're just going you you're gonna get the government you deserve. Well,
4: John, you know what the whole problem is: is that when I was in General Assembly, the state budget was about seven hundred to seven hundred fifty million dollars.
2: Today is what fourteen million? billion billion or So yes, yeah, fourteen th- billion. Think about that. The state of Rhode Island's budget is so much larger than so many of the surrounding uh, New England states. It's insanity. Hey, I want to say thank you for the call today. Okay. Thank you. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Morning, John. How are you today? Good morning. So I I called, I think, twice about
6: this. So if, I'm going to say it again. But you, you brought up the subject. So I'm going to talk about the march on Monday. I will tell you, I was there. I attended the whole thing. I, I, well, no, I missed the last 15 minutes. Okay? And other than the chanting, the, the Never Lisa chanting, other than that, and other than one speaker, okay? Mm-hmm. It really was not a very politically charged event, okay? I, and I will tell you, because I was there and I attended the whole thing, and I will tell you this, um, that, and again, you know, if, any, if I, people already heard me say this, I will tell you, John, it was, there was a lot, I'm not the, look, the organizer of it, I get it. He's a bad, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with him, and the reason why I don't agree with him is because I think he's very deceptive, okay, and I think he's very calculated, calculating, and I think that he uses he gets on top of these movements and he gets on top of very emotional and very and, and he uses he's using it to project I get it I get it I,
2: I, I, don't I think, like I, think I think the organizer himself if it was organized by a different individual, there wouldn't be so much shade thrown on the event and then it wouldn't be turned well, turn into such you know such a a, a, a a protest-minded event so I agree with you and and you know what I'm I'm glad that that, that you've called and said that you were there and, and I appreciate your uh, your your experience so go on well
6: well I uh, know I and I will say John I, I will say I don't know if you heard me talk but I, I will tell you and I'm just telling you I was there and you know what they were talking about John they were talking about faith they were talking about God they were talking about how many of them were proud Christians one of the speakers said I'm gay I am a Christian, and I'm proud of both of those things. Another speaker told me, not a speaker, another attendee told me that the three pillars of his life are love, um, uh, what was it, love, freedom, and God. And who says, who talks about love, freedom, and God? Conservatives. So, John, I was really, I'll be honest with you, I was really hoping to see you there. I met you at the food truck, truck rally a few weeks ago, and I was really hoping to see you there. And Because I, I think if you would have gone to that, I think you would have seen some i think you i think you would have walked away the same way i walked away again john i'm not saying there's not marxism in these movements there is
2: marxism so do you think that black lives matter has a place at a at a, at, at an event like this do you think that that having that kind of organization is helpful when it comes to celebrating pride during pride month do you think that that lends some type of radicalization to it
6: I, well, okay, let me say this. No, no, I don't think it does. Here, here's the deal. Here's, my, here's my, my rationale behind it, John. So black people and gay people were both marginalized in this country at some point. So it makes sense that there's connecting tissue between those, those communities. So it makes sense to me that they would team up and have a co-event. I will tell you, black Lives. like I said, I resist Marxism. It's evil. It's deadly. There are elements of Marxism within the Black Lives Matter movement. Rather than just discredit the entire movement, I think we should do what they did with the Women's March. Shine a spotlight on the bad eggs, and you force them to remove the bad elements. John, that's the way I see no, it. I and, I, and, I,
2: and I appreciate your call this morning because I think you, 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 took, you were able to extrapolate the positive, but yet we still shine a light on the bad apple. And that's the organizer, Alex Kithis. You know, the fish rots from the head down, and I just think that he ends up... Uh, really uh, throwing, you know, some shade on that event. But I, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. All right, John. Have a good holiday Thank weekend. Thank you. Thanks for calling. You too. Bye. Good morning, and welcome to the Upfront Show.
7: <clears throat> good morning, John. How are you? Good. Good morning. Hey. Okay. So, just a little bit of history on this matter. Um, As you know, you and I are both members of the city council. When the city council in 2020 passed a resolution unanimously, seven to nothing, to Uh, recognize the month of June as Pride Month and to put a flag at Market Square. Um, And then what happened? Um, Here's what happened. Rhode Island Pride, led by Ken Barber and Alex Kippis, uh, took it upon themselves uh, to install a flag at Market Square, a Pride flag at Market Square, um, when the resolution specifically called for them to coordinate with the administration. They did not do that. They went down to Market Square on their own. They lowered the POW flag and replaced the POW flag with the Pride flag without any coordination with the administration. They then proceeded, specifically, Alex Kithis and Senator Melissa Murray proceeded to give speeches at that event. I believe you were there. I was there. That wouldn't, yep. And it was billed, the whole thing was billed as a celebration, a joyous event and a celebration. And what happened? Mr. Kithis and Ms. Murray both took the megaphone and gave speeches that were complete political speeches, attacking members of the council, the city, etc. It wasn't joyous. It wasn't a celebration. It turned into a very you know, unfortunate, dark event. The next day, the administration received numerous phone calls about the fact that the POW flag was removed. They weren't aware of it because they weren't coordinated with it. So they contacted Ken Barber. From Rhode Island Pride. They spoke to him and said, we're going to move the flag to the other flagpole at Market Square. Ken Barber completely agreed with it. In fact, he actually called me. I didn't call him, but he actually called me and told me he spoke for the mayor. He was uh, he was apologetic for removing the peer video flag, but that they were going to move it, and he was all fine and happy and good with that. Should have been easy. What happened? They moved the flag. Alex Kithis, once again, seizes upon Event to turn it into a political uh, rally for his fundraising and for his political asp- his pathetic pol- uh, political aspect. So last year was a debacle, and then Ken Barber kind of you know hid in the weeds and never uh, stood up and said no, 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 I did speak to the administration and I was okay with them moving the flag. He just let all the knots untie. Okay, so we fast forward to 2021. The flag was put up by the administration on June 5th. Three days earlier. Then the flag went up last year. They put it back up in the poll. Meantime, the city's poisonous uh, poisonous boy, Alex Kithis, uh, submitted a request to use River Island Art Park uh, for an event on June 28th. But unfortunately, as you know, John, Levitt, uh is coming. They're going to have 10 to 12 uh, events.
2: And the stage was uh, getting worked on.
7: Correct. Very simple. Said, unfortunately, we can't. The, the stage is being worked on. We're we'll going to get it ready for 11 <clears throat> And Mr. Kittens, who was in the council, knows the process and timing and so forth. So he turned that into, again, once again, he seized that and turned it into something that it wasn't. He went to a pride event in early June, the first week of June in downtown Providence, stood on the steps of City Hall in front of the whole state, and gave a scathing speech attacking the city of Woonsocket, the administration. City officials here in Woonsocket as homophobic, transphobic, and all this other stuff. In addition, he gave a speech on April 24th at Market Square, saying that the city officials, officials in of the city of Woonsocket. I just got
2: to tell you, I'm up really? against the break call, just to let you know.
7: Yeah. So the p- the point is this: Mr. Kithis is a toxic individual, and if he's looking for cooperation, he's not going to get cooperation. And if the LGBTQIA plus quote community uh, is going to hook their wagon to him and let him be their leader. They're not going to get very far. I agree with, problem uh,
2: with that. Uh, I, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, agree with a that. Problem. Yep. And I agree, no, I, good, I, I agree with that. And uh, thank you, Councilman Kinoy, for giving us that call. Great insight this morning. And, uh, and I, I think that you really hit the nail on the head. When we come back, I'm going to put a few other topics on the table for you to see how you feel about them. And uh, I think they'll make your head spin. So stay tuned here on The Upfront Show. On 1380 AM and 99 FM. WNRI. Time out for Champs Liquors for
1: Keyway. 481 Clinton Street, socket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines. And listen to this. We have two bottles of Flip Flop for $10 including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10. Mix and match. Still on sale. Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties including Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light 30-pack. 2647 plus tax new hours for the convenience of customers 8 a.m to 9 p.m daily so for a great selection of beer wine and spirits you can count on champs liquors 481 clinton street have a question 765 1800 and speak to mike the manager interiors by glow is not your ordinary interior decorating store she offers handmade scented candles stylish modern art decor accents creations. Handcrafted on pieces from India, Morocco, and Nepal. And also decorative grills, a new concept in decorating living spaces. Want to freshen up your outdoor living spaces? Want more privacy? But fence is not an option? Glow can customize your outdoor living spaces to make them more functional, stylish, and comfortable. Featuring indoor-outdoor fabric line from Italy. Guaranteed not to fade for up to eight years. And is mold and mildew resistant and soil repelling. Tableau Decorative Grills offer privacy and come in several designs and also are customizable for any shape or size. Glow's 100% natural scented candles include fresh flowers, fruits, nature, and clean, fresh scents of spring. Visit Interiors by Glow. 275 Social Street, Woonsocket today and tell her you heard about her on WNRI. She's in the store on Thursdays and Fridays, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. or anytime by appointment. Call her at 401-766-0116 or visit her on
2: Facebook or at interiorsbyglow.com The spring real estate market is booming. If you're interested in selling your house, call Marge Jacob Now, a broker with REMAX Town & Country. With 47 years experience in real estate, Marge understands real estate laws. As a lifelong resident of Winsocket, Marge knows the area. Since 1973, Marge has worked hard for her clients and continues to do so today. And when you call Marge, she'll always return your call promptly. Want to sell your house? will strike while the iron is hot. Call Marge Jacob of REMAX Town & Country today at 529-0831. 529-0831. Marge Jacob, broker, 47 years experience, and always there for you.
0: You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel.
2: And we are back with the panel here, the panel of one. I am your host, John Brien, for the next 21 minutes here on the Upfront Radio Show. A couple of state topics here. Just wondering how this makes you feel and what do you think about this. The General Assembly, in its ultimate uh, wisdom, of course, has passed a a legislation uh, in which uh, there will be drug injection sites throughout the state. These are places where people can go and inject intravenous drugs uh, in a safe place place now uh, they're called harm reduction centers the legislation refers to them as harm reduction centers so now uh, we have come to the point where we are now enabling uh, drug addicts intravenous drug addicts to go to a state-sponsored site that you're paying for so they can do their drugs and not overdose at a harm reduction center that legislation was passed by the house and senate and is before governor dan mckee I hope he doesn't sign that, but that's just me. There was another uh, piece of legislation that didn't make it this year, and it was being championed by a representative from East Greenwich and West Greenwich, uh, District 30, Justine Caldwell. Uh, she is the ultimate legislative namby-pamby who uh, you know, puts out labels and calls names when she doesn't get her way in the General Assembly. It was, of course, the annual spate of I mean, legislation meant to take away legal gun owners' rights' ability to own guns. And that is a, you know, that's a Second Amendment uh, right that we have as American citizens. But there's always these bills to try to limit. And it doesn't do anything for the illegal gun owners. It doesn't do anything to punish the criminals. As my dad always said, Always put your money down on the criminals. They'll always win. The reality is, is that she had a piece of legislation, a number of pieces of legislation. One of them was to ban magazines greater than 10 rounds. If this legislation passed, I as a legal gun owner would, have, would be breaking the law today. I'm a legal gun owner and I have magazines larger than 10 rounds. Now, they're going to stay locked up. God forbid someone should come into my home. If they do, they'll be on the wrong end of my gun. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's for. To protect me, protect my family, protect my home. But when her bill gets sank at the General Assembly and they decide not to go for it this year. And she's only in her second year, by the way. She puts out on Twitter the following. The reality is that this year we have unprecedented support in the chambers and in our state. But without consulting me or Gail Golden, she's a senator from Providence, who's one of those progressive left senators that is actually a danger to this state. The sponsor in the Senate. Representative Caldwell goes on to say, three rich white guys. Decided on a slate of gun bills that give as much to the NRA as it did to their majority. So what happens when you have legislation that doesn't go? You go into race. You go into sex. You go into labeling. Because that's what makes it easy. Without realizing, the legislative process is slow. For multiple years, myself and then Senator Mark Cody tried to get E-Verify in this state. We tried to get E-Verify where those who would be work eligible in this state would be able to work. And it was meant to keep those who are non-work eligible, meaning illegal aliens, out of the workforce and give Rhode Islanders jobs that are work eligible first. Five years we passed that bill. Five years it went nowhere. Or we battled and we battled. For five years, I saw voter ID die at the end of the session until finally it passed in 2011. That's the way the legislature works. But you see what these babies do, what these namby-pambys do? When they don't get their way, they whine and they throw out the labels. It's a real shame. There's no way to legislate. But that's who's down at the General Assembly, and we're letting it happen. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show.
8: Good morning. Thank you for my opportunity to speak. Uh, uh, first, I'm going to mention that that law about a safe injection site. I would like to uh, propose that they just name it the Opium Den Law because that sounds like what they they could collect all the mattresses here in one socket, throw them in a building so everybody can just, you know, rest on them after they get injected or whatever they're going to get uh said to them
2: well caller it's referred to as a harm reduction center
8: i know but i like the opium den (laughs) law because it brings to mind the problems in in merry old england in the past so seems like a bad idea to me but who am i then the other thing is i It's so important to listen to words nowadays because they're twisted around in crazy world to not really mean what most people still consider them to say. Uh, Like uh, an activist is... It could be positive, but to me, a lot of these uh, so-called people that are trying to do good in the city of Woonfarket, they're antagonists. They've gone from being activists, which makes you think that maybe they're trying to do something good, to being antagonists in such a negative scheme. And then the critical rights theory, I think we need to bring critical thinking back. Because it's
2: critical race theory. Remember critical race theory.
8: Right. I'm sorry. Which is the shaming
2: shaming of of white people. That's what that is. It's the shaming of white people. And I say, well, people don't want critical race theory because you don't want to uh, uh, you don't want to teach history. No, it's not that you don't want to teach history. I was taught about slavery. I was taught about what happened in this nation as the nation was developing. But what they want is they want to have a curriculum that says all white people and anything they've ever achieved is bad. The founding fathers were bad. And you're bad because you're white. That's what it is. Well, and
8: I think it's more insidious than that because I think there are people in every color or every race That also think the way, I'll say, like we white people do. But in order to belong, because part of the issue is everybody wants to belong to some group. But I think they are wanting to belong to the wrong groups. And no matter what race or anything that you are, uh, I think they sometimes might feel that they are needing to join these causes because, well, they're not white, so there 's just so much that 's going on it 's crazy, and you know as far as what 's on one equal uh, one side of the equal sign and on the other, that other guy who he has such a naive thought of these people when he goes to these presentations or whatever it is you want to call it he just takes them at their word without even applying some consciousness to what they're really saying and uh, uh next time ask them whose god are you talking about because i think that just to take somebody's god oh we believe in peace love and god Oh my! That that is such a naive naive way to live right now. Well,
2: I appreciate your call, call, and thank you so much for calling this thank morning. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. We went long in the first segment, so we're going to get back into some commercials in a moment. But I want to let you know that I'm going to say some things right now that you may have to cover your ears over because these are the things that will drive people on the left absolutely crazy. And I want you to think about what I'm about to say because these things are now controversial. These things will now make you branded a white supremacist. These things will make you a homophobe. These things will make you a transphobe. These things will make you a xenophobe. Just understand that because I'm about to say a bunch of things that actually make sense and are what this country is all about. But these are the things that will drive liberals crazy America is the best stand for the national anthem police keep us safe illegal immigration is bad the second amendment is good taxes should be low there are only two genders gas should be cheap happy mother's day freedom and merry christmas those are the things that they will use against you to make it seem as though there's something wrong with you. Well, I'm here to tell you, if those things trigger you, you need to look in the mirror because there's something seriously wrong with you. We will be right back on The Upfront Show on 1380 AM, 99.FM, WNRI.
1: Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery announces we are now open and back to normal. Visit us any day of the week for your favorite local products including milk, cream assorted pastries, ice cream cakes and more. Visit our website, WrightsDairyFarm.com for all the latest information. Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery thanks you for your patience over the last year but now we're happy to announce that we are open for business as usual. The store will be open for in-person shopping and we will discontinue our car hop service Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery 201 Woonsocket Hill Road North Smithfield. You can call us at 767-3014 Open seven days a week, but we'll be glad to see you in person now.
7: Inside or outside dining, or your favorite pickup order from Grumpy's Restaurant in Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood and mouth-watering Italian dishes, including pizzas, on one of the best menus in the area. Hungry today or tonight? Come in and enjoy friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup or to place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's Restaurant, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham.
1: Grubhub delivery is available. At the CPA firm of Kayakasha, we believe in the value of relationships. We view every client relationship like a partnership, and truly believe that our success is a result of your success. We're committed to providing close personal attention to our clients. We take pride in giving you the assurance that the personal assistance you receive comes from years of advanced training and technical experience, dedicated and trusted for over thirty years. For Kasher, Certified Public Accountants with offices in Warwick at. 732 and one
0: socket at 766-8100 you're listening to WNRI's Upfront a radio internet talk show now let's get back to the panel
2: and we are back with the panel. we got a few more minutes here on the Upfront Radio Show. I am your host, John Brien. Callers, please stay on the line. I will be with you. I have a couple of quick hits to get through, and then uh, we'll write out the rest of the show. I just wanted to know how you feel about the fact that Vogue magazine put Jill Biden on the cover. Jill Biden, first lady of the United States of America, put her on the cover. Uh, but do you realize that Vogue magazine... Or no women's magazine. Those are all the women's magazines that are out there. You know, um, Vogue, Elle, whatever the other fashion mags are. I wouldn't know. You know, the mags that that, that, that your mom subscribed to when you were a kid. Uh, Not one magazine ever, ever, put without question the most beautiful first lady we have ever had. Melania Trump on any of their fashion magazines. Ever. And she was the most fashionable woman ever. And do you know why? Because of her husband. Because they didn't want to legitimize the Trump family and Donald Trump. So they left off the most glamorous first lady we've ever had. And continually put probably the least glamorous first lady we've ever had on the cover. And now they're putting which was the prior first lady, and now they're putting this first lady on the cover. Which is amazing to me, because they, they speak of women empowerment, and they speak of what it means to be a strong woman. But this is what these magazines are saying to you, ladies. Melania Trump was kept off, kept off the cover of the fashion magazines because of her husband. And they put Jill Biden on the magazine because of her husband. So what the magazines are saying to you, is that your husband determines your worth in this new leftist world. Think about that for a minute. This week we had a couple things I wanted to put out there. We had a a, a hammer thrower by the name of Gwen Berry came in third at the Olympic trials, refused to salute the flag, Was annoyed that they played the national anthem, said it was a setup, complained about America, doesn't support the US, thinks we're a racist nation, but yet races, I mean, but uh, competes for the United States. I don't know about you, but if you represent the United States, then stand for the United States and be proud of the United States and be an American on the world stage. This woman shouldn't be allowed to go to Tokyo. I'm sorry. If you can't believe in the country you compete for, then you can't compete. That simple. And lastly, a new Miss Nevada was, uh, was, was crowned. Did you know that? A new Miss Nevada was crowned. Miss Nevada, USA, is the first transgender person to win that, that award. To win that award anywhere, to become Miss Whatever State, a transgender. And I've been called transphobic, I've been called all kinds of things, and I'm okay with it. Because it's not true. But I do believe this. If you're a biological male and you're competing in a female, a biological female beauty contest, that's not right. If you're a biological male and you're competing with biological females in sport, that's not right. But it's worse than not being right. It's crazy, it's crazy. You can't say that this person was the most beautiful, most glamorous, all the qualities, all the qualifications, all the criteria. It's a political statement. So that people feel good. So this person's feel good. That's not a woman. That's a biological man who identifies as a woman competing in a woman's event. The left has gone crazy. The world right now is crazy. And we need to do something about it. Good morning. Welcome to the Front Show.
9: Sean, good morning. It's one of your pink dragon boat sisters.
2: Hey, good morning.
9: Hey, good morning. Uh, just wanted to touch base on the whole uh, Justine Caldwell situation. She kind of gave part of the story, but not an important part of it. So she had um, submitted a bill. I don't know if you're aware of that for um, gun storage, um, that all guns would to be locked up in your own home. So, in, you know, they're trying to tell you basically in your own home what you have to do with them. Uh, the bill was modified, some of the wording was modified, where it was going to give credit to homeowners if they purchased um, any anything for safe gun storage in your home. So if you bought a gun safe, gun locks, you could apply for tax credit. When they announced the modification to the bill, she took a fit, a tantrum. She withdrew her bill so that they could not vote on it and pass it, and she stormed out of the house. So, you know, these people contradict themselves constantly. You know, she fights for empowerment for women. She fights for, you know, um, all citizens have to stay safe from gun violence. And then they pass, you know, the, the Mets bill, which is the school gun safety bill, to the floor to a, for a vote. Now, not for nothing, but that prevents all qualified CCW carriers from carrying a gun on school grounds. I I don't understand how that is supposed to work to help their supposed, you know, um, attempts to keep citizens safe when, you know, our kids are basically sitting dogs. Now people that want to cause harm on the school grounds, they're going to do it.
2: Well, now they they have carte blanche. It's funny you say that because I was thinking the same thing. Now they know, look, if I want to go do the most heinous act I can think of, which is shoot up a school with innocent children, one thing I know is that I can just keep... Doing terrible things until the police finally show up because I know nobody there is going That's to right. be able to they're stop gonna me. Face,
9: they're going to face no resistance. And, and, you know, research shows that usually these things are over before the police even arrive.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
9: Right? And in addition to that, she's pushing for this, you know, she wants you to lock up your guns in your house and, and keep them safe. But now CCW carriers are going to have to store their weapons in their car while they go into the school. Is that safe storage of, of a handgun of any type uh, type of firearm? No.
2: Listen, the, no. the feel good legislation very rarely makes sense. Thank you so much That's for the correct. call this morning. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, John. Take Thank care. you. Good morning, and welcome to the Upfront Show. We have about a minute for you.
4: Okay, not a problem. I just wanted to say, you know, the general assembly just passed this law about banning the. Um, use of plastic straws and don't you think that don't you think that we should have the right as consumers to say um, no thank you i i won't use it why do we need a law for that
2: because it's the nanny state it's the nanny state you know that there. because government and people especially and the leftist ideology believe that they know better for you than you know for you it just
4: reminds me of the story of how they were arguing about how long the fringe should be on the priest's stole <laughs> during the Russian Revolution while people outside were begging for bread. Have we gotten to that point? I'm starting to think maybe we have. Thank you, have Thank a you so much. What a, great,
2: what a great call. Bye. One of my favorite callers. And please call her. You have to call earlier in the show next time so we can get more time for you. Hey, listen, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time that WNRI gives me to speak with you. I appreciate you being engaged and calling, and I'm grateful uh, that you are willing to open your eyes and look at the
0: world through a different lens. Happy Fourth of July to
2: everyone. God bless, and uh, we'll talk next week.
0: This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Socket.